everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially, <laughs> especially Sega, oh, sorry, Sega, because they, they did a good thing, they did a good thing, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's, they put Maccabi in a brab, and we'll get into that. <laughs> my name's Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Andy Guy Guy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hey, my name's Mr. Andy, also known as that Mr. Guy with suspicion in voice. You know, with <laughs> suspicion, which I like that. Um, but uh, welcome, you know, listeners, joining us for kind of like a preview show, like catch up preview show. We got like a bunch of things, little tiny things to talk about. Um, we're going to preview Dominion. We're going to do all kinds of fun stuff. We have an amazing Ian review for later that's like epic. So I'm interested in that. And, uh, you know, it's fun. We got to pick up the pieces from the best that's of right. juniors and head into Dominion as we continue. And it's pretty much just an excuse for Andy and I to go, hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, okay, cool. That's the whole, I mean, like, isn't that what New Japan is for us? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, it is, man. Right, so. <laughs> we swear on this podcast, so be aware of that. And there are ways people can contact us if they wish to via voice email or written emails. Neveropenpod at gmail.com. Neveropenpod at gmail.com. In case I say that too fast every time, because no one's emailing us except Mr. Ian. So get your asses into gear and type us some yeah. questions and shit. Come on. God damn. Dave Howard. Like, write it in any language you want. We'll just Google translate it. And if it's a Oof. bit weird, we'll still read it anyway. Like, it's fine. Like, just do whatever oh. you want. You know, if we get enough emails, we could start doing a thing where we translate them into Japanese and then back into, like, you know, English. Oh, and my see what God. Happens. I mean, that would that be would fun. That would be fucking incredible. What are you doing, listeners? <laughs> yes. Uh, you can email us that way. You can also interact with us. And thus also ask us questions on the Twitterverse or the Tweetyverse, as I like to call it. Uh, we are collectively at Never Open Pod, and I'm at Grumpy2EB, and Mr. Guy is at Drusifer Tweets. And we have a Teespring store where you can look if you wish to. And why wouldn't you wish to look like this? Never as fuck. So, yeah. yeah. I'm getting good at getting that done, like boom, 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 right at the start. Two years in. professionalism is my job mr andy so i know this is like uh i'm gonna talk about some news and some preview stuff and all that kind of stuff but i will tell listeners that just like last episode it it is drinky time and i've had the drinkies and 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 other stuff so and the other stuff is uh uh, other alcohol of course Mm. so Right. <laughs> it's like smoky flavored alcohol. Oh, yeah. Very, very fancy. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know where you want to start because uh, there's lots of things. I know where start. we should start. Let's start with the Sega commercial because you love this so much. Oh, and I God. can't wait for you to talk about it because you're you're ready. <laughs> All right. Mr. Mr. Andy sent me this and. Usually when I wake up in the morning, I'll, I'll, if there's some New Japan news or something funny, from New Japan related, Mr. Mr. Andy sent it to me. So I'll wake up. I have a good chuckle. I can't remember if this was night. It doesn't matter when you sent me this. But I open it up. 
It's a Sega commercial. Sorry. We say Sega in Australia. Uh, say Sega. Commercial. It's like chowder. Chowder, say it. No, chowder. <laughs> but it's a commercial for, I'm pretty sure it's the upcoming, like, there's a Sega replica console. You know how they've been doing those for Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and all that kind of shit. They'll make a mini console. They'll put a shitload of games on it. Maybe maybe not as much as they sh- they could because they could probably put every single game there for that's like ever existed that's probably I'm still under a gigabyte but doesn't matter anyway this is a, another Sega version of this and <laughs> it's a wrestling commercial we got Tiger Mask on commentary with some other dude who sounds like he's done commentary before and then it's a wrestling match and it's GBH it's Tomoaki Honma and Togi Makabe and they're in completely different gear and they're wearing masks. Can we talk about the other team's masks? Oh, they're yeah. Just unbelievable. Oh, they're, they're amazing. Unbelievable. At first, we see a guy <laughs> with a <laughs> Sega Genesis helmet on or a Mega Drive, wherever, whatever it is from whatever part of the country or planet you're on. His mask, Tiger Mask, instead of wearing the Tiger Mask, is wearing a Mega Drive helmet. And it's absolutely amazing. Well, then, then the, his partner is wearing another yeah. Sega-inspired thing that, like, fits into the other. It's almost like... Like uh, the CD. It's like this, the yeah, Sega CD. Like like the addition part. But it's almost like, yeah. you know, how, like, the Road Warriors, their hair, like, you know, fit. And, they, like, they're, you know, it was like a puzzle. That's kind of how this... Yeah. Uh, think they come out together like they're Siamese twins conjoined by the Sega systems. Yeah. Oh my god. It, it's hilarious. Like it starts off as a match like it's it's only like a two minute commercial and half of it is all of this that we're describing. But uh, throughout the kind of montage of wrestling that we see uh, we do see uh, Wato do his Wato symbol. So I didn't pick that up the first couple of times I was like, Andy, who's the other guys? And you told me, I was like, oh, of course I'm, I'm a big dum-dum because, because I would rewatched it before doing this podcast. I'm like, there's the Wato symbol right there. Like you fucking idiot. And Wato, <laughs> Wato and Tiger both put Makabe in a brab at the same time. So they both got a leg each, both giving him a half brab. It is fucking incredible. It is my favorite part. It, it lasts for like five seconds, but it's burned my brain for all of eternity. I remember, I saw that, Makabe. You can't... By the way, even though we took that move and a couple other moves and even did the King Kong knee drop, you know... <laughs> you know he's not jobbing, even on a fucking no. commercial. Right. And guess what? He doesn't. Uh, Honma jobs. You can hear Hanma when Hanma's in there wrestling. You can hear him doing like, you know, when he breathes real heavy and makes oh, yeah. that like awful sound, like somebody's it's like a death rattle. <laughs> oh my god, it is. <laughs> oh my god, obviously it's a Sega commercial, so Sega wins, and that means uh, in my head canon, Tiger Mask and Wato have defeated GBH, and obviously, obviously, Bakabe's not getting pinned by no fucking juniors. So uh, <laughs> you can bet your ass he didn't lose this match. But uh, Yeah. Now, was... now, 
it was. But fun, Tiger man. Mask is like doing double duty in this because not only is he wrestling, but he's on commentary as Tiger Mask. So like yep. he's. You know, I don't know how they did that. It must be, you know, movie magic. I don't movie know. Movie magic. Maybe that's what confused me as well. Like, how can he be in commentary? And I think, oh, it's a commercial idiot. Well, uh, Luke, the uh, the product that they are describing and, and advertising is the Sega Drive Mini 2. Yeah. I guess. And so it's like, you know, I guess it's like 80 bucks and um, it comes out in October. But that's in North America, so I'm not sure when it's coming out in Japan, but I think it's like now. So uh, it has 50 or so games on it, whereas you could probably just plug something in your computer and emulate like all of the games. But that's illegal. Don't do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you really want Fantasy Star anyway. So, I mean, (laughs) but uh, the (laughs) I I thought this was a lot of fun and and it leads, you know, us to a question that has to be asked. This is what right. our job is as podcasters to find out, will there be a live match between these two teams? Are we going to get this commercial live on a new Japan show? I fucking hope so. Oh I my hope, God. I Please. hope so too. It sounds like a Please. slam dunk. No brainer to me. Also, I wonder if like uh pro wrestling Noah is about to reach out to Nintendo and uh, Mara Fuji's no. like going like, I'm going to put a helmet on. Like, look at this. What's a, what's a shitty video game company like like uh what like atari they're reaching out to atari you know what i mean that's, <laughs> that's not not nintendo nintendo's like who's noah isn't that the guy from Aww. Aww. isn't that that guy from that shitty movie in 2014 um you know directed by darren aronofsky isn't it that aronofsky guy? yeah the yeah. wrestler guy uh Requiem for a dream man pie man and noah the like most batshit crazy movie of all time <laughs> it's fat shit crazy luke i've not did seen you know, it. did you know there was vegan superpowers that noah had vegan superpowers and that like giant rock monsters built the ark while he just sat on his ass and did you know there is magic smoke that will make an elephant pass out but the human that's standing right next to him doesn't even bother that Wait, movie is, is that for that real movie. That movie is fucking insane, dude. I've tried to tell people about it for years because no one ever talks about it when they talk about bad movies because everyone respects Darren Aronofsky, which I do too. But this movie, Luke. Come on, man. Like, I really like Quentin Tarantino, but I didn't like his last movie. But uh, I mean, but it wasn't as, yeah, I mean, that that was intentionally. Dude, there's a part in this movie, Luke, where Hannibal Lecter's hanging out in the woods. Hermione from uh, Harry Potter walks up and she has a broken coochie and he miraculously heals her and she like walks 10 feet away and bones Noah's son in the in the like grass right next to Hannibal Lecter. That happens in this movie. Sounds like it is wild. Okay. See, I'm actually interested to watch that now. <laughs> it, is. it is amazing. I've owned it on Blu-ray like 10 times because I always give it away. Because people are like, don't believe, they don't believe me. And then I like, you know, you gotta watch this. This shit is fucking bonkers. You have to buy it so ten bonkers. times, man. Yeah. You know what the most I, annoying kind of friend is—the friend that you you lend things to, and then like you never yeah. see that item again. You obviously have like ten such friends in your life, and if they're listening right now, what the fuck are you doing? No, I gave him away. Wants his Noah DVDs no. back. He wants all of them back so he can see Hermione's saw coochie fucking ten times at once. It's, 
that's real. There's a part in the movie, Luke, where Noah becomes convinced that no like baby can be born. Like, I don't know why he's like misunderstands something. And so he's walking around on the ark, like stalking Hermione. Misunderstood fucking science or some shit. He's stalking Hermione with a knife and we get slasher killer Noah, where he's trying to kill a baby with a knife. (laughs) Wait, really? How old is Hermione in this movie? Who's the baby? Like what's going on? It was in 2014. So I don't know. 20. 30? I don't know how long she is. Oh, okay, fine. But that man, man, I, I think I'm going to put that movie on my list. I'm, I think sorry. we should talk about that movie for the rest of this <clears throat> podcast. <laughs> I, no, I, I disagree. I, I disagree. wish there was a wrestler in it so bad. We should do... Well, that's what Never Realms for, man. Like, like next episode, we can be like, hey, uh, Mr. Andy, I'll watch that movie. Holy shit, it's oh, basically insane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You could probably find someone tangentially related to wrestling in that movie. Just six degrees of Kevin Bacon well, that shit. Darren Aronofsky directed the wrestler. Did the wrestler. Boom. There you go. One degree. There we are. Whatever rationalizations we want to do, whatever the fuck we want on audio. <laughs> it's our show. God damn it. But yeah. I don't know hey. how it went from Sega to fucking well, you know. to. Darren Aronofsky, but I haven't seen The Restless since it came out. Maybe I should rewatch it. That's a great movie, you know. But yeah. don't don't watch uh, Beyond the Mat in any kind of like don't watch them together. Like watch one of them a year before or after the other because they fucking rip off of Beyond the Mat so bad in the Restless. Oh really? Oh my god, oh, my god. the whole I... Jake the Snake story is just yeah. The yeah, the wrestler is Jake the Snake, but uh, I remember. I've I've seen both, but I saw Beyond the Mat like in the early thousands, and I saw the wrestler kind of when it came out. So there was a big, big kind of gap there. I haven't seen that. It's I don't know. Awesome. If, yeah, it is. It is really good. My favorite one's the, the Terry Funk bit. Like, oh yes. Well, he's like he walks in, and you know, and, and the doctor's like, oh you, you like you have like no knees left, and he's like, well, can I wrestle? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, I walked in here, didn't I? My knees are fine. You know, it's like it's, <laughs> that whole thing's amazing. Hey, doctor, um, lay down. I'll just moonsault you right now, even though I'm right. fucking 65 years old. What do you, dude, I don't care what he's doing. Well, because what he's doing is, uh, man, I love Terry Funk. I got into him pretty late. Like, I don't know. I, I had to kind of find matches of things like that of his because I got into wrestling in the late 90s and, and all that kind of shit. So I had to actually search. He's one of those old wrestlers I actually got into. And I was like, I want to see some of his older shit and stuff. So I love me, Terry Funk. He's the best. He is. He's awesome. Hey, uh, Luke, a listener asked on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize, but they asked about Capital Collision. Because remember, we covered that, and then, um, you know, usually something like that, this pay-per-view would show up on New Japan World like a a month later, and it has not. So I have a theory. It's uh, it's going to be aired on Axis TV on Thursday, which should be, you know, so that's might be why they've held off on that. So if you don't have Axis TV, maybe it'll show up after that. So there's a question answered. I guess the the general thing about New Japan is if it's not on World yet, there's some kind of rights thing going down, and it will be there. Like I'm listening to 20 Years of Nitro episodes, almost like episode 50 something, Miss Andy, and nice. 
they're talking about like how oh the NWO's taken over this tonight because all the rest all the other wrestlers fucked off to Japan to do a tour there. <laughs> I'm like none of that's on New Japan World. I actually like to go to World and watch all of that stuff. I'd love to, I uh, wish some of it's on there. Some yeah, of it. Be... Some of it. Yeah, I know we've covered some of it as well, but man, I would just like to like that 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 G1 Ric Flair is in like the whole G1 isn't on there like things yeah, like that. Like to like, see that. I would want what like it would be nice to be like each episode of our podcast would just pick an old fucking tournament or something just cover a match on it every time but it would take us forever but fuck it you know just. But yeah, I'd like to watch all of that stuff because it's another side of those wrestlers that I don't see and they probably work a lot harder and better in New Japan because, uh, hey, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Japanese crowd demands that you actually know what the fuck you're doing. So I don't know. And it'd be, and it'd be cool to see some wrestling shows in of that era where you've got Sting, you've got the Steiners, you've got all these fucking big massive names, but the most over guy of all of them. Is Scott Norton. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed him being in that. Was it, it maybe it was Capital Chaos where he, or Collision that he was yeah. in that. I can't remember. It was, I think it was that one, but yeah. it might have been That's the Chicago one. one. But uh, no. that's, that's oh. pretty awesome. Hey, think, Luke, um, yep. what do you think? Are, do we have any AEW stuff to talk about? Like, is there any? Because, I mean, I can't remember if we talked about everything that happened on the last episode with Tanahashi showing up, and I guess that all feeds into Dominion. I'm jumping. The I'm gun. pretty sure we. I'm pretty sure I talked about it, but I, I think I glossed over it like really quickly at the start, just to be like, we got lots of shit to cover. Here's some news. All right, let's go. Uh, but it generally was like, all right, CM Punk's doing some kind of promo. He's like, hey, I go, I want to fight someone in Forbidden Door, and then. The ace, is, ace comes out, massive pop, by the way. It was awesome. And he just stands there and does his pose. The implication, of course, <laughs> is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus CM Punk. Two days later, CM Punk's like, yeah, I'm fucked. And uh, I don't know when I'll be back, but I'm not relinquishing the title. So there is that. That gives me hope. Like, if he was, like, if he was buggered and going to be out for, like, ages and ages and ages... They'd probably be like, nah, no interim champ. I'm sorry, dude. Right. Well, do you think that it's because they're like negotiating for streaming services and stuff? And that like, you know, having Punk as champion is obviously one of the best options, like visually, you know, optics wise in their company, as far as like, you know, getting eyes on the show. I, I just feel like that that's why they're doing it this way and being like, well, he's still champion. But yeah. He'll be interim champion so that way yep. they can tell you know hbo max or whoever it is like yeah well punk is our champion it sure yep. is well they've done that tw- done, they've done that they've done interim championships twice oh, with okay. the uh tnt title which is their secondary title i don't i don't know how aware you are of t- how many titles there are in aw so uh sorry if i told you shit you already knew but uh that's all right I figured you like you know AEW exists, but you don't know much about it. So you know, but there's also that um, that post media scrum. There was they did, they do media scrums kind of like after every pay per view, and I'm high. I'm usually high on the pay per views because I pay for them and they seem to be a pretty good bang for my buck. So you know, uh, 
I watch the media scrum pretty high on the show. And yeah, what you were just saying about CM Punk being like a pretty safe bet, a pretty lucrative bet for being world champ and all that kind of stuff is 100% what Mr. Tony Khan echoed in, in, the, in the media scrum with uh, CM Punk beside him. So yeah, he's been on the on the shows every week. He's been wrestling every week. He's been doing good every week. And even if the ratings haven't horrible, like massively jumped up or anything like that, pay per view buy rates and attendance rates are up. So, and yeah, well, apparently they're equating it to him. But I would say it's a contribution of factors. But that's fine. I don't, I I don't know how big a draw he is. I like him, but I I don't know. Like, he's I, a big draw. He's obviously a humongous yeah. draw. I mean, how many people? Like, I wrote an article about it for. Well, he got me back into wrestling, so like. Right. Yeah. Seated fucking, sent I, on. How I how know. many people started watching AEW because of Punk? A lot did. Um, I don't yeah. know if any of those people still watch. You know, uh, but I was excited by that. I went. I bought a ticket to their show because of it, yeah. and then, and then yep. I was like, oh, okay. You're just but, a fucking wrestling hipster, dude. You just don't yes. want. Yes. And you're a self-confessed you... wrestling hipster too, so it's all good. Well, I have a question for you about the AEW pay-per-view, and I don't want to. I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to be a dick. I'm just wondering. Yeah. So, like in New Japan, botches are very rare, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like such a rare thing that they use it as a storytelling device. <laughs> so, um, sometimes, and so it's just like I'm used to watching that, and there's not a lot of botches, and AEW. That's not how it is, right? They're like this botching all over the place. Is that what we got going on? I don't get that feeling. Like botches happen, but I also feel like AEW right now is kind of yeah, you've got your 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 mainstays, you like your your established talent, and you've got your up and comers and stuff, but you've also got lots and lots of green. There's a lot of green in AEW, so it's like. An investment in the future. Like there are people who were kind of okay a couple of years ago who are better now. Uh, like I'd say, like Ricky Starks or like fucking Will Hobbs, shit like that. You know. So I think maybe that's what. Maybe maybe that's it. Like when you watch it, you're just like, I'm watching lots of green guys or something like that. Well, I mean, here's a spot in particular that was like, what? Why? And it wasn't a botch so much as it's like they tried to do too much. And it was mm-hmm. like like uh, John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. He picks him uh, – Moxley picks him up and, and does like an orange crush onto the steps that are like sideways. And it's like, why are you di- – like what – what possible like purpose could that serve other than just trying to kill your opponent? You know what I mean? Like I don't – I don't know. Like stuff like that I don't quite get. It almost seems like – an indie show where they're trying to do too much. And because of that, it, it, you know, it gets botchy. Cause I, the only exposure I get to it is watching, you know, stuff like that, like uh botchamania and whatever. Um, and, for fuck's sake, dude, I see, if all your so... AEW stuff is like botchamania. And of course, everyone who does gifts, it's going to be like, oh, what a botch. I'm going to give the shit out of that. Well, my point is, though, is that, like, if you did that with New Japan shows, you'd have. You can't do that with New Japan right, shows. Right, right. So, so, you know, otherwise there would be like a gif of fucking uh, Jado screaming as he's being choked with a T-shirt. <laughs> How the fuck can he do that? 
Well, what I'm about that match saying. that uh, Honma had with that young lion that was awful? Not, not oh, the one yeah, on, true. you know, the one, the tag, the tag match, where he's just like, oh, I fucked up. Uh, elbow. <laughs> that was that match. That um, was, I just, I, I'm just confused by, you know, what I'm seeing. You know, it's just like, why? I don't know. I just feel like that it's very indie-rific. And I, I don't that's know. Every, you know I, I watch it and it gives me some feelings that like it, I, I got when I got into wrestling with uh, WCW and stuff. I'm like New Japan's my favorite shit, my all-time favorite shit, and obviously I'm doing a podcast for it. But I'm I'm not a huge nostalgia dude. I like I like seeing old guys sometimes and shit. So sure, as long as it's done well. But I don't go back and watch a lot of old wrestling. That's what podcasts and shit for. People can do that shit for me. So. <laughs> so well i have a fantasy dream book thing with aew in it all right and this is this is for uh the forbidden door yeah so what we do is we have jake cargill show up and she beats everyone in new japan <laughs> because she's like fucking money i think you know she is money every, and she's green it, as hell she is green as hell but oh, but she's awesome every dude. every like of all the people in in aew i am a huge mark for her because i feel like that she is i've money. been a, i've been a huge mark for her for ages and i just wanted to say i, I remembered my point that yeah aew gives, gives me some of those a uh wcw vibes i don't mean that in a good way i don't mean like Oh, only top guys go over and everyone gets shit on. But I don't know. Somehow it just gives me that vibe. I don't. I can't explain it. But Jade Cargill is awesome, and she is the phys- like. I as soon as I saw her the first time, I was like, holy shit! That's like that's Storm, and Storm's one of my one of one right. my favorite X Men. So I was like, that's fucking yeah. Well, that's my point is that of every yeah. wrestler in uh, AEW, maybe anywhere. She has the biggest crossover potential. Like yeah. you can imagine. I mean, like you can imagine five, six years from now, her being like a an action star in movies and shit. And I would oh. love to see that. So I mean, that's Hell what yeah. I see maybe in the future for her. But you know. Yep. Yeah, she's a badass, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, she's got everything. Anyone? She's got. She's got everything? it all. Shut up. But uh, <laughs> but uh, her uh, <laughs> look, I, I would say her in ring from from now to like a year ago, like she's better than she was a year ago, tons better, like um, a million times better. And she's still is she pulling a five star bangers? It doesn't matter, and she doesn't have to. No, yeah. Did the Rock do that? Because she's Lady Goldberg, yeah. and yeah. she mm-hmm. that's all she needs to do. She just needs to fucking beat people up. That's all. But that's all everyone wants to see Jade do. So I don't know what they're doing with uh, with her in the future, but that's that's all they need to really do. Just have her just come out and look cool and beat the shit out of people. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, I love her. I think she's awesome. Yeah. And I'd love I'd love to see her as IWGP champion. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, obviously. To see her turn up at Stardom and it's like this is uh, wow. That would be. I mean, I'm the star, would... bitch. Twice and then, the size of everyone in Stardom. Imagine her versus Starlight Kid. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Stardom, Luke, what's going on there? Oh man, so this is really cool. In November, dude. So you know how Wrestle Universe is DDT, Noah, 
and Joshi Pro, so you've got like three promotions in one because yeah. they own all three, and like if we combine them all, we might get more subscribers. Well, I've always wanted New Japan and Startup to join forces, and they're not joining forces like that, unfortunately. But it's my dream. I would pay a couple bucks more in New Japan Pro, Pro Wrestling Bushi Road. Who the fuck owns New Japan? If I can get both New Japan and Stardom, because sometimes there's a break in New Japan, and I want to watch some wrestling. Stardom would be perfect. But yes, in November 20, there will be a combined New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom show. Man, I'm convoluted as fuck. But that's that's what we're getting, and uh, it's going to be held. In the Tokyo's Arake Arena, the new 15,000-seat arena constructed for the Tokyo Olympics held last year. I'm sorry if you wrote that note and I just stole your shit. Man, as soon as I started reading that, I was like, Man, that's your shit. I know. It's not my shit. I don't know what you mean. I didn't book this. Yeah, um, but I just spoke I about awesome. the arena. and uh, Oh, the like, arena. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, uh yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Obviously, I won't tell you all the details about the arena until the actual show, but we'll cover Hell that yeah. for sure. Yep. I'm assuming that'll be some kind of pay-per-view deal and no I mean, problem, you know, because yeah. I'm not, I got no issue with that. It's like, uh, that sells itself really, doesn't it? And, and it's fun because Great O'Conn's been such involved, so involved. I mean, like he got in his full getup for the announcement. <laughs> it's tremendous. I think that, man, they are, he is like, He's living life, isn't he? I mean, you want to talk about like somebody getting over like in in their every way, shape, or form they can. Like this guy is a fucking genius, man, and uh, he's doing a great job. So I'm glad how they're using. I don't even know if he means it. Like, I just think like he's he's a nice dude because hey, he's a super fucking hero. But you always think he's doesn't mind taking the piss out of himself and he doesn't mind being a bit of a party animal too like like <laughs> he's got this gimmick where he's like this dominator but everyone sees him is like nah dude you're a fucking party animal like and, and we, we love your ass if he, he dominates parties he, he dominates, dominates the everything parties. yeah everything oh my god himself. riding that bronco cack uh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's he did hilarious. <laughs> Man. apparently i can't believe there's not more videos of that because that place with the giant penis was apparently where they held a lot of like aew like stuff like i don't yeah. like fan fest and a lot of that stuff was mm-hmm. at that venue i think and i'm surprised there's not more videos of people doing silly shit there maybe that's because people are a little bit more worried about how they might look or be perceived yeah. or something like that whereas i feel like uh, Khan. It's like, fuck it. Great, Khan's like, wow, I'm in Vegas? Holy shit, I'm going to do Vegas stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he did. And then he shared it. And everyone was like, yep, he's the fucking coolest. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a guy you want to want to hit the town with for sure, isn't he, Mr. Andy? Like, if you can choose, oh, like, like, if you could choose, all right, I'm going to do, do something, all right. If you could choose, like, wait, maybe two or three people that you'd want to go, like, New Japan people you'd want to go out on town with, who who are they? Well, it's Yo and Master <laughs> Wado. <laughs> no. Um, well, we I think we talked about this before because we've talked about how, like, there's a whole group of people that we can't, wouldn't want to go out with because, like, mm. they're just the ones that are still stewing about their match and just fucking pissed off, you know, uh, staring into their beer, like Ishii and Shingo and people like that. Yeah. I would, I'd like to go out with Naito 
Um, and yep. that would be awesome because I just, the only problem with hanging out with him is you got to watch him. Cause I bet you he's going to be playing pranks on you. Like he, he, go, you know, you go to the bathroom and you come back and he's just gone. <laughs> Dude. He's already two bars down. So. Not only that, you turn your back for one second, your drink's gone. Yes. <laughs> hey, and then Naito looks at you cheekily and goes, it's your shout. <laughs> your shout next round. <laughs> and Bushi only drinks champagne. So, like, he's expensive. You don't want to have to pay for Oh, no, shit. no. You know, he's, he's getting <laughs> bottle service and black and white and stuff. So. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get burgers with Makabe, though. Only, only oh, yeah. so he can tell me where the best burger places are, and then I just go without him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you... You, you do the thing to Makabe, you, you go there with him, and you say, as soon as he gets up to go to the bathroom, you dip out, you know, make mm-hmm. him pay for it. That's right. Do a runner, as we say in Australia. I don't know if you call it that there. Um, We call it dine and dash is what they call it. Ah. You know. Um, Door runner. Yeah, yeah. I don't. We used to do that to my buddy when I was in a band. We would just like, I mean, like we would go down the street and <laughs> we would sit at this this bar um and get like fish sandwiches or whatever it was and fucking as soon as someone went in the bathroom we would just run out as fast as we could and one time we did that and this this is like a neighborhood bar and like the oldest man in the entire town is like trying to come through the door as we bust out of the door (laughs) running away from our friend who's in there taking a shit we were uh and we scared the bejesus out of this fucking guy i thought he was gonna die but we just ran away. <laughs> oh my God. Came back the next day. Like nothing happened. Did this happen like around the same time you watched Noah? Did you go on a fucking oh, journey no. or something? Like no, what's going is, on here? This is like 1993. <sighs> a long time ago. Luke. Dude, I still think like the nineties were 10 years ago. You yeah, can't tell me that were like, Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like 30 years ago, but instead I was like, oh, it's 93. That sounds better. <laughs> I'm fucking old, man. <laughs> well, uh, Luke, do you want to, you mentioned DDT. You mentioned, uh, you know, Wrestle Universe. And uh, we have a review from Mr. Ian about uh, some stuff, some strong and, and then a DDT show. You want to hear that now? I really do, yeah, let's do it. Hi Luke and Andy, thought I'd try something a bit different this week. I have a couple of comments on a perfectly okay but largely ignorable strong, and then a treat. DDT, we're doing a show named after one of Luke's catchphrases. That's right, it's time for DDT Dollary Doos. I'm sorry, that's DDT Three Dads Gym. Okay, one more time. That's DDT What Are You Doing? An actual name of an actual wrestling show. So first of all, Speedy Strong. Kevin Knight, Fred Yehai and her DKC faced the Stray Dog Army for about the 25th time in a match that was solid, fun and unspectacular, save from a really amazing leaping wristlock takeover from Kevin Knight. David Finlay wrestled his match against Blake Christian, and by his match I mean the one bang average wrestling match he knows how to wrestle. They tease the idea that Finlay is going to start using weapons and sure, whatever. 
And in the main event, United Empire face off against TMDK in a really good fun six-man where a bunch of Aussies and Pacific Island big boys face off against a bunch of Aussies and Pacific Island big boys. Aussie Open are great. Cobb is super strong, and I really want to see him in a proper singles match against Shane Haste. And you could grab my attention for a full hour just by letting Jonah and Jeff Cobb run into each other over and over. A decent show, but not what we're here for. DDT, What Are You Doing? is one of DDT's bigger Tokyo shows, so they're in the hallowed confines of Corrigan Hall. For those unfamiliar with DDT, a quick primer. DDT started as a pastiche of American-style wrestling merged with a very Japanese game show style of humour. They're spectacular and weird, and every now and then just a bit too much. Somewhere along the way, they also became a great place for skilled technical wrestlers to put on excellent matches. They're kind of like ECW, only if ECW had gone for comedy rather than hardcore. Plus, Sanshiro Takagi is a million times better at business than Paul Heyman. Speaking of Sanshiro Takagi, our first match pits Takagi, Shinya Aoki, and Yuki Ishida against Danshoko Dino, Yamahito Inamari, and Akito. There's going to be a lot of Japanese names you don't know tonight, so I'll try and restrict things to the relevant ones. Takagi is president of a company, but still an active wrestler, albeit one who loses quite often, usually in opening matches. Shinya Aoki is a legit successful MMA fighter who also happens to love doing really dumb wrestling matches, and Yuki Ishida is Takagi's young lion. Most stables on the card tonight will have a guy in his early 20s as a member, and most of them are pretty good. On the other side, Akito and Inamari are fun and competent wrestlers, but then we have... Dan Shoko Dino. Basically, if you've heard people make fun of DDT, it's probably because of a Dino match. He's a broad comedy character whose signature spot is to drop his trousers and sit on the top turnbuckle while his teammates throw guys at his butt. Think of if Ryosuke Taguchi had never heard of the concept of consent. Anyway, all the bits of this match without Dino are really good fun, all of the bits with him in are painful. Dino's team win the match, and then a really confusing skit happens in the ring, where one wrestler has to pull a sword out of another wrestler's butt cheeks. Somehow Kendo Kashin from Noah gets involved, and DDT's general manager, Imabayashi, stands up and yells at everyone in the ring for making things too silly. Frankly, I'm not Japanese enough for this opening section to work. Too much depended on stuff I either hadn't seen or was being yelled about in a language I don't speak. Let's just say that some nonsense happened and move on. Our second match was a much better standard of nonsense. A battle royal for the Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship. This championship's basically the old WWF hardcore belt only done right. There have been 1,543 reigns. At various points it's been held by a ladder a stuffed toy, an actual monkey, a copy of The Young Bucks Killing the Business, The Invisible Man, and famously by the belt itself. The champ at the start of this match is Shinchiro Kawamatsu, a member of the Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly. The rules are simple. This is a battle royal where you can be eliminated by pinfall or by being thrown over the top rope, but if you eliminate the champion, you automatically become champion. 
What follows is a silly but exciting gimmick match where wrestlers, kickboxers, and anthropomorphic seals throw each other out of the ring. This is very silly, a lot of fun, and at points a wrestling match even breaks out. Eventually, after a lot of nonsense, Kazuki Hirata wins the title, starts dancing in celebration, and immediately gets attacked by Antonio Honda, who throws himself and Hirata over the top rope, meaning that the last remaining wrestler, and thus new champion, is former sumo wrestler Toru Uwashi, who is at this point lying draped and unconscious over the top rope. So the first, as it were, actual wrestling match on this card is an eight-person mixed tag, pitting the stable Eruption against a motley crew that includes the monstrous Yuji Hino, the overgrown Yukio Naya, and Oscar. No, not that Oscar. This is the wrestler sometimes known as Veni, one of the best Joshi wrestlers in the world and a competitor in the AEW Japanese tournament last year. This is a really fun, really fierce eight-man tag, and one of the things you don't see much in American televised wrestling. An actual intergender match rather than merely a mixed tag. I'm generally fine with intergender wrestling as long as I feel that everyone in the match is cool with what's happening, and there is sometimes a joy in watching disparate wrestlers clash. Case in point, Eruption's Saki Akai is tall but quite thin and angular. It's fun to watch her lay strike after strike into the sturdy and kind of immobile Yuji Hino until he just turns around and levels her with a lariat. In the end, Eruption are no match for the skill of Vaini or the power of Hino, and Yukio Naya somehow ends up getting the pin. Clearly, DDT sees something in Swole Wato. I just wish they'd tell me what it is. Our fourth match of the night pits the 37 Kamina, also known as the Sauna Club, against Damnation. Sauna Club are Konosuke Takeshita's group in DDT, and they're my favourite people in the whole promotion because in their own way, each of the original four is as good as Takeshita. Yuki Ueno is basically another Kota Ibushi. Shunma Katsumata is a hardcore wrestling gremlin who hits people with Lego baseball bats and wants to do swan dive into a coffin filled with barbed wire. And Mao, well, we'll get to Mao in the main event. Damnation are basically hardcore mall goths led by Daisuke Sasaki, who is currently feuding with Keno from Noah. So this match is two sets of weirdos hitting each other, and it's great. Lots of violent spots, a sprinkling of silliness, and an ending where Damnation get a slightly indecisive win, meaning that this feud can roll on. Post-match, Sasaki produces a stun gun, which he had used on Keno the other night, and threatens all of Pro Wrestling Noah with it. Cool. Sadly, after two good matches in a row, we descend into nonsense again. Yuki Ino defends the extreme title against Akira. Not, I should point out, Francesco Akira. This is 56-year-old veteran and New Japan Dojo graduate Akira Nagami, who made his pro debut in 1984 and has wrestled everyone from Masahiro Chono to Chris Benoit to El Lindemann. And he's in a hardcore match where you can only win by reenacting a movie scene chosen by a guest judge after the pin. His opponent, Yuki Ino, is a good wrestler, but he's in Dan Shikodino's stable with all that that entails. Mostly absolutely uncalled for nudity. There's some fun bits in this, like Ino having to recreate the drinking a glass of eggs then going jogging part from Rocky, but ultimately this felt like an odd place for this show to go. Ino retains after a combination of passionate kiss and schoolboy roll-up. 
Alright, let's get back to the actual wrestling show. Our semi-main event is a six-man tag between the stables Disaster Box and Burning, which is studded with main event talent. Disaster Box are a stable led by Harashima, who is pretty much DDT's Tanahashi. Burning are led by current DDT champion Tetsuya Endo, accompanied by Jun Akiyama, an honest-to-goodness legend who's held every title in Japanese pro wrestling that isn't owned by New Japan. This is an outstanding six-man tag. The worst wrestlers in this match are good, and the best are legendary. We get a kick exchange from Endo and Harashima that sounds like they're trying to cave each other's chests in. Inasmuch as the upper end of DDT has a house style, it's less intensely physical than either Strong Style or The King's Road, but what it has in spades is spectacle and passion. What elevates this match is that everyone involved seems determined not just to win, but to give the crowd something they'll remember. In the end, Burning are victorious, and I could see Harashima coming for Endo's title sooner rather than later. In our main event, Mao faces Masahiro Takanishi for the Universal title. This is kind of DDT's intercontinental title, only it actually means something. They only had it since 2020, but it tends to circulate heavily among the up-and-coming wrestlers in the company. Mao has had the title since about March. Mao is great. He's a charming tearaway who combines a serious set of wrestling skills with a love for hardcore brawls. Here he's facing Masahiro Takanishi, a DDT mainstay who's also the backbone of Emi Sakura's Ghetto Move promotion. Both of these guys have really serious grappling skills, both can get pretty scrappy, and the result is a match very focused on holds and submissions, but with a lot of dirt being kicked in people's faces. That is, until the point where Mao remembers that he simply doesn't give a shit, and that's where we start getting drop kicks that knock people out of the ring and over the audience barrier, a top rope splash that lands in the fourth row, and all the well-executed chaos you could hope for. We even get a delightful spot where they're chaining pin attempts back and forth and accidentally Mao pins the ref. So obviously, Takanishi counts three. All great stuff, and coming to a hard-fought ending where Takanishi steals a pin by the skin of his teeth, winning the match and granting him the universal title. This show probably isn't the best intro to DDT. For one thing, it's very mired in its own lore, with several bits I didn't understand until I saw their live English translation on Twitter. For another thing, two matches descend into Dancio Codino's bullshit. Usually that's just confined to one. However, the semi and main events were absolutely world-class. The knock on DDT has always been that they're a comedy promotion with too much focus on puerile scatological humour, and I can't honestly say that's untrue. However, they've also always had one of the best main event scenes in Japan, and this show was no exception. Thanks guys, and until next time, Tsuyoko Tomotsu. That's Japanese for keep it strong. So, uh, yeah, that guy on the DDT show, what are you doing? Just to <laughs> throw that in there. That guy yelling at people to stop being silly. It reminds me of uh, Graham Chapman, who's from uh, Monty Python. And yeah. in Monty Python, he'd often play an authority figure. And he'd, stop he'd up. yeah, <laughs> he'd walk in into a room. He'd be like, he'd either be like, hey, what's all this said? <laughs> or he'd do like, no, 
He'd walk into the middle of sketches that have just gone too far, and he'd just walk into the middle of them in an army uniform, go or a cop uniform, being like, "No, this is too silly. The sketch is over. No, we're done here. Get out. We're done." <laughs> so, uh, someone yelling that during a fucking DDT show—that's that's what I gave me Monty Python vibes. Though Ian's review of it didn't make me feel like that match would be as good as Monty Python. Yeah, I'm interested in this this uh, mall goth guy or whatever. <laughs> Dude, I'm interested in the fucking heavy metal belt, which sounds metal as fuck. And I will, I will put it out to you, Mr. Ian. Are there matches for this title that I can check out for free, like on the YouTubes and things like that? That would be very much appreciative, kind of. So, uh, What's that uh, YouTube channel? It's called King's Ark. It's like King's A-R-K-K. Like just two K's, I think. Hopefully not three. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, it's like basically all the Noah stuff gets uploaded there, and it's just some guy that does it, and they don't really give a shit. I don't think it's usually in pretty good quality, but sometimes it's like you can he like gets notifications during stuff. <laughs> it's usually pretty good quality. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I like the idea of that. Uh a 24-7 or hardcore title done more right and then uh my last my last thing i wanted to bring up from your review is saying was uh he sums up my my kind of thoughts about intergender wrestling stuff you know in a way i'm like yeah yep that right there and that is why i kind of liked lucha underground because it didn't matter if you're a fat guy skinny guy a fat lady, skinny lady, a, a skeleton, dude, a small person, a fucking dragon, a time traveler, <laughs> or a fucking monster. Everyone seemed to be down to do whatever because everyone always seemed like they were having an absolute blast while they were doing it. Like, I watched a freaking street fight between Tyre and Cage, uh, Brian Cage, and you, you see how big fucking Brian Cage is. And that match was awesome. It was really fun. Because Ty was, like, totally into it, and that's why it works. So, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. Wrestling can be, as I said in my (laughs) rant about, you know, wrestling can be anything. All it needs is, like, good wrestling, of course, characters and, like, pageantry and, like, really cool stories and shit. Like, it's not that hard. It doesn't matter. Like, I remember... Marking out for Masquerita Sagrada back in the uh, Lucha Underground days. That, that wrestler. And man, he was so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this kind of thing, I've always broken it down just to say a wrestler's a wrestler. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, I makes sense to me. But, you know, a lot of people get upset about that. And I just don't I don't get it, man. I think it comes from a place of insecurity, honestly. You know, like, why are you insecure about women wrestling? And anyone who says that, oh, it, it promotes domestic abuse, how? How does it do that? I don't know, man. Like, like, like well, does a, a female action star in a movie, does that, yes. you know? I mean, what? That doesn't even make sense. It's like, it's just it's just people, like, you know, and no offense. I have people that I love and respect that believe that, you know, men's and women's wrestling should be separated. New Japan separates women you know, men, yeah, they do. you know, obviously. So, it, you know, I'm not mad at people that think that I'm just like, I just feel like it comes from a place of insecurity a little bit. I feel like Japan's a little different because like you can actually have female federations that 
Japanese wrestling fans will support. Right. I guess, and it doesn't seem as big. Female lady wrestling seems to be bigger in Japan than it does anywhere else. I, yeah, I would say. That's true. Like, like I could l- literally sign on to to two streaming services for you know Wrestle Universe and Stardom, and boom, you know. Well, we. The- didn't your uh, – did, I can't remember what her name is, but Maki Ito's tag partner that's, like, mm. the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro, like, she showed up on AEW or, like, they tweeted out that she's going to be there, and she's just on a dark match, like, tagging with somebody. Like, what? Yeah. Like, I feel like all the pieces are in place for your ladies division now, and now you've just got to kind of give it time. Not only give it time. But also, have you have the ladies work a lot? If they're working a lot, guess what they're going to do? They're going to get better. Yeah. So if anyone wants to give me some bullshit as to why, like, oh, the fucking women don't wrestle as good as the men. It's like the men get featured more. They get more TV time. They get more time. They get better. That's why that's what it is what it is. Like, you get to give the ladies some more time. Hey, maybe we'll have fucking ten sheeters in AW rather than just one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, apparently, you know, in in WWE they gave the women an opportunity recently and they crushed it in like a three way match of some sort. So uh, that somebody was telling me it was really good. And you know, I don't know, man. I, I I I don't understand it. But I, you know, on on an indie level, I get it because it's like three times the price to book a woman versus a man on the indies, which I get, you know, but it's, yeah, they, they ask for a premium. It's like, um, like the way that promoters and people think about a women's match is that that's a, that's like a feature. That's a, that's a specialty match. That's Mm. like, that's like a cage match. You know what I mean? So that's how it's booked in America. And, and, And I think that's one of the things people forget is that, you know, a ladies match is supposed to be like a specialty match. Whereas, a regular men's singles match is not it's just a match so like i think that that's sometimes what we forget and maybe that's the the like mindset that needs to go away but on the indie level then that means that the triple pay has to go away too so which is not and gonna I, happen so. which which kind of sucks because them. like yeah. hey there's there's a, there there is an avenue where ladies can get paid more no we got to make this like like andy shut up yeah. <laughs> you have a point yeah. but be quiet <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I want them to make as much as possible, and I'm glad they get paid more. It's probably one of the only, you know, uh, fields yeah. in the world yep. where that actually happens. So good for them. Yep. Hell yeah. All right. So I want to move on to some Kapow stuff. But before I do that, Mr. Andy, there is some Ibushi news. Oh, really? I, okay. Well, you told me about it the other fucking day. Oh, it was like thought... between shows. Oh, okay. I thought we already talked about this. but No, we talked about it together. <laughs> It wasn't on the show. Oh, okay. Hey, man, this whole week's been a blur for me, so uh, it's difficult oh, to remember that is stuff. Right. So, um, that's true. Yeah, well, okay, so they both got punished. Uh, so we had this kind of situation between Kota Ibushi and some guy that was, like, in charge of talent relations. He's uh, John Laurinaitis of uh, New Japan or whatever. And they, you know, had these texts back and forth that uh, Ibushi published. Ibushi showed up at, at uh, just tap out. I can't yell right now. 
and uh, he wasn't supposed to. So basically what happened is they kind of got even punishments. Like uh, New Japan held a press conference and said, hey, Abushi's going to lose 10% of his pay for the next three months. And I guess maybe he's on probation or some bullshit like that. But then the other guy got demoted and he lost 10% of his uh, wages for three months. So that's weird that they would come out and talk about that. I guess they felt like they had to, but isn't this odd for new Japan to be like talking about stuff like this? Yeah, it's very odd. Also, do you think, uh, I know it's not the real reason. It's the reason is Takatachi mania, but do you reckon the reason that fucking Taka's jobbing all this time because, is because that Kota Ibushi turned up to one of his uh, in one of his shows and wasn't oh, allowed yeah. to. <laughs> I think I just cracked the code as to why Tucker's the jobberiest jobber that ever jobbed. That's not a young lion. <laughs> oh my god, poor Tucker. Yeah, and yeah, poor, and poor Tucker. We're not too broken up about that though. Just it's no, fine. It's no. fine. No, yeah. I was going to say, Luke. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's only one form of Bushi news I kind of care about. Like, all these trials and tribulations, that's fine. It is what it is. Dude, when are you going to wrestle again? And I'm not even going to say where. Like, I don't mind where. I, well, I know I've had problems with That's mostly booking stuff. But, you know, yeah? It's a, yeah, and I mean... No. What? No. After the G1. Yeah, after, I mean, I don't, after it. Okay. I don't want him to win again, so after the fucking G1. After <laughs> it. You know, maybe what we don't know, Luke, is that, uh, you know, Bushi's more Makabe like than anybody in New Japan. <laughs> you know? We don't know that. And I'm not saying that's true, but maybe it is. Who knows? He must know that New Japan loves him. He must know it. Like, yeah. you can't not. Like, everyone who's. <laughs> Come on, man. It's Bushi. But yeah, the Bushi news, it's all kind of weird stuff. And. Oh, yeah. It's weird that you see behind the curtain of New Japan like that. You're right. Well, we we have Dominion coming up, which we got to yep. break all that down. And this is when, speaking of the G1, this is when, you know, we'll get our G1 announcements. We'll be on June 12th at yeah. Dominion, in my opinion. I can't wait to see because the G1 starts pretty soon, Luke. And, I mean, are you fucking ready for that? I mean, I'm, I can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Yes, please. Just hook that shit up to my veins. And yeah, there is Dominion in, in five days. Uh, oh, it's this Sunday at a time that you won't be able to watch live at. So <laughs> I, I, I will probably watch it live regardless. And um, it's look, like it's do you on think at like three o'clock my time, which means, yeah, man, you'll be staying up late it's... that night. It's 1 a.m. my time, I believe. So, uh, oh, you know, we'll see how it works. Nap will, nap will help. But do you think any uh, any AEW folks will show up on that show to kind of pimp the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. That's the thing. All they right. Kinda, so they have to, right? Look, a part of me thinks, like, part of me thinks maybe that something might happen during the Jay White Okada match to help uh, Jay White win. So maybe a elite guy comes over and okay. maybe causes a distraction and helps him out or something. I don't know. But uh, I think there's some – I think also maybe a tag team might come down and maybe fuck over the Great Khan 
maybe FTR or or, or someone like that because uh, Okada on the Cobb fucked over a tag match over in AEW. And in Dominion this year, you've got uh, Okada on the Cobb versus Chase and Bad Luck Fale. So I could see uh, some AEW motherfuckers like interfering there, maybe causing a bit of mischief, bit of bit of trouble. You want to hear my prediction? Yep. Chris Jericho shows up. Obviously, yeah. right? He's he's the yeah. guy, right? I mean, you got to yeah. have Jericho show up and like uh, he's gonna you know attack somebody and you know he's gonna make a big match for his his doohickey. So that'll be fun. You know, you got to yeah. have. I would assume you got to have a big. Jericho singles match on something like this forbidden door deal. Otherwise, why do you have Jericho in your promotion? So this is what he's there for. So I think oh, it yeah. would be in- interesting to see him show up, and he's done that so many times in Japan. I think that would that would be uh, ideal for the situation. Do I want that to happen? No, but you know, well, I'm ex- I'm trying to get excited. Hey, I'd love to see him over over in in a New Japan show. I don't know. I feel like all the stuff he's done in New Japan has been pretty fucking good, so I, I can't complain too much about that. You haven't liked his New Japan stuff? He the matches have been decent. It's just like I'm I'm on New Japan to watch a certain style of wrestling. If I want to watch WWE style, I'll watch WWE style. Like on WWE, I don't want to see that in Japan. So like to me, like his his matches were always an interruption of the show for me when I was watching like, Oh, okay. But that's, you know, like I, you know, I am the wrestling hipster and fuck everything else. So that's just how I am, dude. It is what it is. At least I know what's, uh, you know, know thyself when you walked up to the, you know, temple of Zeus, uh, the Oracle of Delphi, it said that across the thing says, know thyself, you know? So, I mean, here we are. So I'm looking at, (laughs) <laughs> I'm just moving on, dude. I'm just moving, like I'm looking at Dominion. I'm looking at the first match, and it kind of annoys me already because it's Hiroshi. <laughs> it, it annoys me, man. Like it's a Hiroshi Tenzan yeah. and the Ass Masters versus Aaron Hanare and Francesco Akira and Chiro TJP. Will Francesco Akira and TJP won a junior title match? Maybe they should have that title match at a fucking big show. Sorry, what what show is this? Dominion. Oh, the one that happens like six months after Wrestle Kingdom, like arguably like your second biggest show of the year. So I got this why figured it... out there, Luke. Here's what you got. Yeah. You got this. Uh, the you know uh, United Empire wins again. All right, and after that happens, then this will headline <clears throat> one of those uh, Road to J- New Japan shows that's coming yeah. up. I already know the finish to this match. Everyone's just been like, Aaron Hanari, oh my god, he lost to ELP. He won't be in the G1, then he pins Tenzan. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. But what do they do here, though? Because Hanari is fucking face as face can be now, you know, but these other two are fucking dicks. So how's that going to work? It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then we've got, wait, is this really Dominion? Because I'm seeing a six-man here, Hiromu Takahashi, Naito, and Bushi versus Ishimori, Ace Austin, and Alvin Tasmo. Hey, Ace Austin. Like, I've got nothing against, like, this six-man, but wait, it's Dominion. Why isn't Ishimori wrestling Hiromu Takahashi? We get singles matches, you know? I mean, we'll get there. 
It's but, uh Usually the winner of the best of super juniors (laughs) wrestles the junior champion at Dominion. Yeah. Uh, That match is at a future show. And I guess that's probably going to headline one of these road Two shows or something like that. I can't remember, but that's um, balls that it has to headline a road Two show. What is it? A road Two again? It's, it's the road to new Japan. (laughs) We don't even know. Okay. It's not, at least it's not summer struggle. I hated that so much where they'd have like, remember there was like 20 or 30 of those fucking summer uh, struggle shows. And I'm like, yeah. you know, writing our show titles and it's like summer struggle nights 16 through 19. <laughs> Fuck. So at least it's not that. Yeah, that that is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fucking summer fucking struggle. Oh my God. Well, the next match could be like lots of fun. I've never seen it before. I don't know if it's ever happened before. Maybe I have to look at New Japan World to see if it has. But we've got Doc Gallows versus Toriyanu in a singles match that I expect to be really dumb and really fun. So I can't wait. That'll be a lot of fun. They kind of had a little, you know, beef with each other during that, uh, like, multi-man tag that they had just recently. So I guess that's why this is happening. So, uh but that should be fun. Now, did you see that Zack Sabre Jr. has referred to House of Torture as the House of Dickheads? <laughs> of course he does. And that bleeds into the next match, which will be the Never Open Six Mans, which is the team of, of course, the champions, Evil, Show, and Yujiro Takahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr., Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and... Dog El Desperado. Fuck! I mean, it makes sense since he had such a fucking epic barnstormer at the best of Super Junior final, but man, that motherfucker should be champion. Oh, the winner of the tournament. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not angry at Hiromu at all, but... All right, I'm a little angry, but this match (laughs) should be fun. This match should be fun. I I expect the... uh, I expect... I don't know. House of Torture have nothing else going on at the moment, so I expe- I just expect them to retain. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm interested in the uh, banter, and, and you know, this will be fun because like yeah. Kanemaru and Desperado, well, all these guys, they all know how to cheat, so this will be cheating versus cheating, and I can't wait to see it. And we're definitely yep. getting that spot where Zack Sabre Jr., you know, Dick Togo is trying to put the like. Uh, Oh, know, the, the, the stretch on? Right. They we're definitely going to see that again. That, that's fucking great. I loved that spot so I, much. That, I, that looked I, like I, a prototype for that spot before they do it in a really big match, right. but it looks even more awesome, yeah. I hope they do it, but they have, like, two or three people on the outside holding on to evil, and so when Zack Sabre Jr. twists the one guy's arm, it hurts all of them. That would be great. I want to see that so bad. So. Yeah, so do I. Like... The submission master just doing submission a submission hold on like four different people at once somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. It works. I love it. And next match is Okan on the cob. That's oh, great Okan and Jeff Cobb versus Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley. Uh, I think a chance will retain. I don't know why. I just feel like maybe there'll be some tag team involvement from some kind of AEW tag team. Just as a bit of retribution for Okan and the Cobb fucking up other people's tag team title matches. So 
Uh, I don't know. That's how I feel about that match. If none of that happens, and it's just a match match, I want, obviously I want gold on a con. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I think this match yeah. is just a way, a way to get that title, those titles back on them, I guess. I mean, why else would, you know, <laughs> I don't know why else these uh, team t-shirt would have the titles, but, you know, we'll see. Ah, well. Like, Chase has been there for ages. He's got to give him something. And he's not getting that U.S. title shot, so. Yeah, but last episode we were talking about the most reliable Gaijins in New Japan. And even though he is one of those, we did not bring his name up. I don't think any of us even thought of him, you know. And uh, that's because of, you know. He is one of them, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's next, Luke? Well, next we have a weird match that who gives a shit about because Tanahashi is just going to win. And if Goto wins, I we will both be absolutely annoyed, and so will all of the wrestling universe. It is an AEW Interim Championship Elimination match. It's Hiroki Goto versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Tanahashi's winning. Uh, <laughs> you want to go to the next match? Because I'll be... No, Dude, this is... Yeah, I want to talk about this, but go, go ahead. for it. Well, okay, so this is obviously, you know, a situation where Goto's going to lose the big match, which is what kind of what he always does. So, but man, he's like tweeting out, I want to go to America. I'm going to be Tanahashi. I mean, it would be something else for him to win somehow. (laughs) I would think that would be really fun. I think this would be good for you, Mr. Andy. Right. If Ricky Goto won this and fucked off to America to go do American wrestling shit. You wouldn't have to watch him on your fucking New yes. Japan shows ever. That's exactly what I was about to explain. Yes, because uh, you know, but let's he can get like he needs to show up on Strong. Let's get Goto over on Strong. Yeah. <laughs> get him some, you know, some Strong dates. That'd be great. Next Strong champion, Hiroki Goto. <laughs> oh man, that would be so funny. <laughs> you know, well, he's not gonna show up over there and then just lose, I don't think. But you know, the other thing about Goto is that he always has a good match, so this match will be fun. It'll be very good. Mm. It's just like, why is Goto in this? Because he had nothing to do, you know. Um, and and Yoshihashi's too obvious. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Hiroshi Tanahashi needs to have a good match, but it has to be. It has to look like the other guy might have a chance of maybe winning. And yeah. That's not Yoshihashi. You're absolutely 100% correct there. The next match, Mr. Andy, is the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 match, and I did copy and paste the stipulations. So, Taichi has proposed... Please explain. No, I said Taichi has proposed a limited finisher 10-count match for Dominion. That means a total of 10 across multiple falls. However... Taichi can only use the Gato Clutch to score pinfall counts, and Takagi can only use the Ground Cobra. So they can only use their fun little pins that they do. So, yeah, there is that. This Then the second option is Ashingo Takagi has proposed an unlimited pinfall 10-minute scramble for Dominion. And that's as many pins as you can get in 10 minutes. Look, both stipulations, Mr. Andy, means that both matches could be short, mm-hmm. but the Tai Chi match could be a long, could go longer than ten minutes, 
And because of that, I'm going for the Tai Chi option because if I can see Tai Chi and Shingo wrestle, I want to see them wrestle for like an hour. So I'm g- <laughs> that's just how I feel. I like I want to see these two guys wrestle like well, I want to see them fight forever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I want. So i that that that's why I choose the uh, the Tai Chi option there because yeah. It might take well, them forever to get gator clutches and cobra ground cobras on each other. Everyone else agrees with you, Luke, because right now leading the poll with 100% of the vote is Taichi. So how many votes? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look at that part, but uh, 100% of the vote. So yeah, I think everyone else just realizes that this is a fucking dope match that they want to see uh, more of. And you know, singles record. Uh, Shingo is up 2-1 in their all-time singles record against each other. So maybe, you know, Taichi's going to even this thing out and take the, the trophy back to where yep. it belongs. You know, I feel like the trophy is a really good way to have fun matches where people well, have wrestle against each other. But even if you lose, you don't really lose too much because you run like you lost the silly stipulation match anyway. So yeah. it's fine. So, you know, it doesn't matter if it, hot potatoes a little bit all that matters is who has the trophy at the end of the year and i love you shingo but uh i'm, I'm liking all the tai chi stipulations more Let's than go yours, man. so yeah yeah yes. we're both and on team yeah. tai chi even though the shingo is like one of our absolute favorites in new japan we're both going tai chi <laughs> <laughs> hey man miho abe will be there it'll be great maybe mm. uh you know, maybe somebody will come out with, uh, with, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Shingo too. Who knows? We'll see. This will be fun. Bullshit. All right. So no, he's wrestling earlier, isn't he? I don't... Yeah, I was just that's what, uh, halfway through he's... my sentence. I was like, wait, they're all wrestling. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's Lij. They're always all wrestling. Yeah, it's true. Uh, let's get to the next match, which is one I'm really excited for. It's still advertised. It's happening, and it's Tamatonga versus the Machine Gun. Carl Anderson for my favorite fucking belt, our favorite title, the never open title. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry about that. So Tamatonga, 36th champion of the never open title. It is the 10th year anniversary of the never open belt. And Mr. Machine Gun Carl Anderson, as I've said in a previous episode, Mr. Machine Gun Carl Anderson was in the final match of the tournament to crown the first New Japan never open champion and he lost to Masato Tanaka so uh, I even though no one's mentioned it in commentary or anything like that the fact that Machine Gun Carl Anderson has a never open title match in the 10th year anniversary of the title is a really cool story I wish, wish the commentators were talking about it maybe the Japanese ones are the English ones definitely are not but that's fine well, that's because Chris Samsa hasn't tweeted about it yet. But once he does, oh, then they'll talk about it. Right. Do those stats. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we've got a triple threat United States championship match. And it is Sonata, who didn't lose the title, had to relinquish it. But it'll be Sonata versus Juice Robinson and Will Ospreay, which I think could be a... That's almost okay. a show. Well, I guess. Right I guess there. I don't. I don't want to talk about the never open title. Oh never well, mind. fuck! I'm sorry. I'm just. 
listening to my invoice right now. I'm sorry, Mr. Andy. I love you, man. That's okay. Yeah. Tell me, talk. This is machine gun go. Well, you you know you said a lot of the stuff. I you know. Oh, I said a lot of the stuff. Really? Oh. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you didn't even ask me, so it's like, well, you know, asking me like now, I need to say seriously, something. So, so, well, and the one thing you didn't mention is the yep. whole gun stun issue. You know what I mean? Because they both yeah. have the same finish, and there's like 20 stories in this. They were they were the original members of Bullet Club. I mean, there's this is New Japan long-term storytelling, not at its finest, but at its just typical. You know, which is great. Yeah, there's a bit of history here in terms of Bullet Club and in terms of the Never Open Championship. Like, there's some layers to this. I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. I think I think Tama has what could be the start of being a really cool champion, but it's Machine Gun Carl Anderson's return to New Japan Pro Wrestling, so I'm kind of nervous because maybe he'll win. Yeah. But, but he's really good too, so, like, whatever. I get <laughs> That match is going to have a thousand run-ins. It's going to be fun, you know. But uh, but yes, uh, your triple threat you were just mentioning also has a lot of layers, Lou. Yes, it is. It's uh, Sonata, who never lost the title, had to relinquish it. Paul Bastard, his first title reign, versus Juice Robinson, who's the he's now a, a two-time or three-time, three-time. yeah, three-time United States champion, and Will Osprey, who complains about every finish he's ever been in ever over the last few months, which is annoying. Just fucking take the loss and move on. I don't know. I don't like that concept of keeping a wrestler strong by being like bullshit finishes. Cause I just, well, it's, I don't know. so he shouldn't be the one that points it out. His, his tag t- his partners or the commentary is who should point it out, you yeah. know, and then, and then someone should tell him and he goes, Oh, you're right not him whining about it. But at the same time, I, like United Empire is kind of in this quasi babyface role right now. So it's, you know, it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense for his character other than, you know, keeping him strong, brother, brother. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if the Empire faces or heels. Some of them are real heels and some of them aren't. I don't know. But it's yeah, chaos. in a weird spot right now. It, well, but... <laughs> wait a second wait a second well uh i'm interested in this match you know it'll be fantastic i'm sure this yeah. will have run-ins as well and uh i kind of hope just juice wins because i he needs something yeah. you know and this is his thing i can't imagine he would win the title and then just lose it again it's interesting yeah. too because if he wins this he can start to be like i'm the king of the multi-man match you know and that uh, could be uh, like part of his thing so I like that too. I also like it because I know I know Sonata didn't get to finish his first reign as a champion, but Sonata's super over in Japan, and well, I suppose also super over in Japan. Whereas Juice, he's over, but he needs something. And you're right. So I to get actually, over as a heel, you know? Yeah, I agree. I I, I want Juice to retain, and yeah, and I'm not just saying that because it, the other options are Sonata and Will Ospreay. <laughs> But uh, here we are, Mr. Andy. We are up to our main event. Yes. Usually, usually I'm looking forward to the Never Open title match more than anything else. And no offense to Tamatonga and Machine Gun Carl Anderson, but Jay White's in the main event, and uh, he's my boy. So. <laughs> As he should be, yes. Former Never Open champion Jay White, I should add, is the challenger to Kazushiro Okada's 
IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It's Okada's fifth defense. Uh, I think because it's the 50th year in New Japan, I feel like they will still go with Okada. They'll hold the line. They'll steer the course. They'll do the safe option. And uh, the, if anything has taught me that that's, what, that's where they kind of want to go right now, well, the best of Super Juniors final taught me that. So strap in. We want. I know you want Jay to win as much as I do, but I don't know if you agree with me here, but Okada's retaining. What do you think? I think you're right. Um, that's what I'm expecting going in. Yeah. So that way, if Jay wins, it will be twice as exciting because I'll be like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. But what I am expecting is, you know, the return of these two doing what they do, which is some of the best stuff you can see in pro wrestling. It'll be a fantastic match regardless of what happens. And I can't wait to see Jay doing what Jay he will- does. Yep. Jay White is exactly what they needed after Kenny Omega left New Japan Pro Wrestling. They needed a gaijin that had awesome chemistry with their top Japanese stars. And that's what yeah. Jay White has. Absolutely. Amazing yeah. chemistry with Tanahashi. Uh, even when they're doing goofy shit, the chemistry's good. And even with Okada, him and Okada have absolutely awesome chemistry. And Naito and Ibushi. They did 45 minutes at the, at the Tokyo Dome, him and Ibushi. So... You know, that match. yeah, I love that match too. The, the, you know, I wanted Jay to win, but fuck, that's so <laughs> god damn, that's so such a good match. But yeah, so this match is gonna go long, might start slow, and you know, that's fine. I think uh, it'll just even if Okada wins, it'll just make me happy to see Okada take like seven or eight different kinds of suplexes. <laughs> Which is what Jay White always delivers, and what why he's probably one of my favorite wrestlers because suplexes are the easiest way to my heart. He does all of them in all the matches, all the big matches anyway. I wish he, I want him to do what Tanahashi does though. Like the only suplex I haven't seen him do is maybe like a straight jacket German that like uh, Tanahashi does. That would be awesome. But he could yeah. do it too. What do you reckon, yeah, Mister? Yeah. Oh, you just told me you think a card is gonna. Yeah. You know, um, so I guess Okada's beat Jay three times out of three out of four times. And I think wait, Jay's no, beaten no, Okada Jay's, at least. Yeah. Jay's beat Okada three out of one out of four times. And yeah, it's a, it's a singles record three, one white of which championship matches one and oh. So Okada's one. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. So Okada's won their own. They've only had one championship match. That doesn't. Sound yeah, they had one championship match, which was at Madison Square Garden, which Jay White oh, sold out. Yeah, he did. But uh, Jay White beat him in a G1 one year. In fact, uh, that was the same year where he beat uh, Okada, Tanahashi, and Kenny Omega in the same year, <laughs> which is something That's that great. not many other wrestlers have done. That's true. So. Yeah, I feel like their record is pretty even, bordering on favoring Jay White just a little bit, just because of the surprise factor of having someone that young and that new kind of like, you know, be dominant. Yeah. So yeah, it by by the way, it's also Okada's fifth defense already. So uh, that's enough, just, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have a sissy little one. It was pretty good. Like he can, he can lose a title. Yeah. Yeah. 
please. <laughs> I mean, you know, by the way, I did just notice here on June 24th, uh, they're holding LA Dojo um, camp things, like the thing that, that, uh, Lexus, that uh, went Lexus went to a couple times. And guess who the leader of the camps are? It's hmm. uh, Shibata, of course, and Tanahashi. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish I could just go and watch that. Holy crap. That's amazing. That's on June 24th. And, um, man, we're going to have a line at the ass for that. Yep. Yes, that'll be great. Anyway, I don't know if that just popped in my head. But, uh, well, Luke, I'm I'm, uh, all set up for, you know, Dominion. That's next week. That'll be, or, you know, this weekend. That'll be fantastic. And then, you know, obviously we'll be building up to the G1. And, you know, our summer is, uh, starting off right with that best of super juniors i'm really happy with where new japan's going and um you know i don't know what else you got to say about uh new japan anything no man okay well then you want to tell us about our our tribute that we did (laughs) so we could set that up because that'll be the last thing the listeners hear you know absolutely so uh at the end of the g1 Last year, when we had the wonderful, fantastic, iconic theme tune of Max the Max, we managed to get our hands on a full English translation for Max the Max, which I read out poetry style, as uh, Mr. Andy puts some classical music behind it, you might remember. Well, the thing is, I I looked, Mr. Andy looked, not not too hard, like, We've got lives, but we, we looked. I glanced. Yeah, we glanced for <laughs> for full lyrics for Sort of Glory, the blank paper song for the Best of Super Juniors 29. And alas, we were out of luck. But guess what? There's quite a few English written lines of dialogue in Sort of Glory. So, uh, I read them out poetry style like I did for Max the Max and uh, <clears throat> there's a bit of cool music behind it. I'm not going to spoil the whole surprise, Mr. Andy, but uh, I, I hope people will get a kick out of it. Yeah, make sure you listen to the whole thing. You know, it's uh, it gets better and better as it goes, in my opinion, and I think that uh, folks will enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we haven't had a dramatic reading in a while, so we had to, you know, make sure that we gave our tribute to Swords of Glory and the wrestlers of New Japan that t- participated in the Best of Super Juniors. So especially, Hell yeah. yo. <laughs> in yo, I distrust. This is entitled Soar to Glory. Bring it. Bring it on. Higher. Higher. Flyer. Buster. It's ready, go. Mission. Go for broke. 
soldier soul. This is brand new world. Jump around. Inside. Outside. Magic. Time bomb. High legacy. Skill. Twenty nine. Soar to glory. Bring it. Bring it on. Soar to glory. Ha, 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 ha.